This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our our house. house. Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast. I'm your host, Breezy. And I'm your other host, Ray Ray. We are super excited to talk on a different level of hockey that I don't think anyone's really ever touched on before. Uh, We have a fun little guest and he will be on here uh shortly i was going to introduce him but i can't remember how to say his last name so that's all you i'll go with i'll go for you joe cantalosi it's this i swear to god i'm italian in somewhere in here even though i am not at all italian um but he is uh (laughs) a centerman in the federal prospects hockey league he plays for the carolina thunderbirds You may have recalled a story about the team uh, this previous season where the coaches cleared the bench and they took off their suit jackets and were brawling. It was a huge brawl. It made all of the the news. So that's... uh, that's that guy from that team. Well, he wasn't the guy who started the fight, that big brawl, but... uh, Joe fills us in on everything that goes on in, in that league, which is, is a professional league. It's not the ECHL or the, um, uh, the AHL, but it is a professional league. And I think it's really important since we talk about all of the hockey things to really hear from players in different leagues and what their experiences are like and how similar they are yet how very different they are which I think you'll hear in some of the stories um but the love for hockey is there and the love to play and and win is there no matter what level of play exactly and so uh joe did a really good job on it was his first podcast that he's ever been on so he did a super good job and he told us some cool stories lots of insight and yeah our podcast is proud to be on the hockey podcast network and the network is home to many other incredible podcasts including this one Hi there. Pleased to meet you. My name is Tom Franklin, one half of the Blue Notes podcast and the Hockey Podcast Network. We've got that 2019 Stanley Cup power too sweet to be sour. And we're also your home for the best blues analysis. Yes, it's it's a it's a Bruin, but he, he's he's going to help the power play. And and that's what people need to understand. And, you know, they're going to look at it and say, oh, well, Justin Falk was supposed to help the power play as well. Tory Krug is legitimately going to help the power play. It felt like Newport was ready to go into this offseason and use Petrangelo as an example and say, okay, we're going to play chicken here with with uh, with the COVID cap here. Someone is going to give Petrangelo his money. We also have great guests from here at home. St. Louis Post-Dispatch, St. Louis Blues beat writer Jim Thomas, the organist for the St. Louis Blues, Jeremy Boyer, and around the world. Yo, Blues fans, it's Gerard, the Dutch Blues fan, all the way from the Netherlands. And no other podcast can say they have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent, but we do. Aloha! I'm Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, and this is my Aloha Commentary. Plus, a little self-deprecating humor thrown in there. One of our new Blue Note Selkie-level COVID mask, if I can turn it the right way there so I can properly sell it. I am, I, you know what, I am failing my prices right model audition right here. This is, this is terrible. He has opted for the uh, neck gator uh, version of this, and I'm still failing my... Prices right off this. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> voted the best podcast by our peers in the Hockey Podcast Network. 
Follow Tom and Wags on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod, and be sure to subscribe to Blue Notes wherever you get your podcasts from. This is Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle. This week's guest is professional hockey player Joe Cangelosi. He is an alternate captain for the Carolina Thunderbirds of the F. PHL, and that is the Federal Prospects Hockey League, also known as the FHL um, in a previous iteration. Welcome to the House of Hockey. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. So before we dive into your uh, you know, journey into hockey, why don't you give us um, a status update on the league and what you can share as far as will there be a season uh, what does that look like? And um, let everybody know. Um, right now, I'm pretty sure we have a soft start date of December 4th. Uh, they're planning on trying to have 54 games. Usually we have 58. Uh, they have a couple other start dates, I think, in mind if things get pushed back because of COVID. But um, I've heard that the ownerships in the league are very determined to have a season this year, even if it starts mid-January. So that's all I know right now. I haven't heard anything else. I don't know how many teams are going to start, but right now we're supposed to have 10 this year. All right. Well, we're going to cross our fingers for you and for the fans and all the other players in the league that you get uh, you get a season, whether it's condensed or you know, in some way, shape or form, because you didn't get to finish out the last season, right? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure they halted everything middle of March. So I'm pretty sure we had three weeks left of games and they just canceled everything. No, don't resume playoffs or anything. That was it. Wow. Just like so, a blank, non-applicable name on the trophy. Like Pretty much. So I guess technically we're still defending champions at that ah, point. Since, yeah. it wasn't <laughs> award, since it wasn't awarded this year, I guess we'll keep it for another year. I mean, why not? Why not rub that in everybody else's face? <laughs> Try not to. Humbly rub it in their face, though. <laughs> yeah, it's well-deserved. It's well-deserved. So tell us a little bit about this league, and I don't know that I should be calling it the minor system, but the alternate professional leagues. Like, how do you prefer to call it? Tell you know, give enlighten us because you are a professional hockey player. You play in a professional league. Um, it's just not the National Hockey League. So yeah, uh, tell us a little bit about it, and tell us about your lifestyle. Uh, usually, like when I like to explain it to people that don't understand hockey, I try to compare it to like the minor leagues of baseball, where they'll have like a single A, double A, and triple A. And I'm pretty sure we're at the A level. We're right below the East Coast. Some people like to say that the SP is better than us, which I think the Southern Pro League might be a little bit more respected. They have a better reputation than the Federal League. But, you know, we compete at the same level. Guys get called up to the Southern Pro. We've had actually two years ago, we had a guy called up to the East Coast League from our team. So we've had guys got, that were able to move up. Uh, obviously, um, you know, people, people don't look really below the East Coast level. So That's the way we, I would like to explain it. Yeah. So what do we need to know about this level, this league, this type of play, you know, is it something out of Slapshot or where you are also having um, full-time jobs outside of this? You know, what, what are the goals? Like, obviously the goal is to get to the NHL or is that not the case? You know, fill us in on the, that mindset in your day-to-day um, in the league. Um. Some guys do have jobs after after hockey. We'll, we'll do this the normal, you know, wake up, go to practice, work out. But there's a big chunk of the day because we go mainly uh, – we'll have our games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if anything. So there's a big chunk of the days in the week where guys have time to go out and do other things. A lot of guys try to grab, like, side jobs. But, I mean, besides that, you know, we show up to work every day pretty much – 
try to, you know, compete as hard as possible. It's just Carolina, from what I've noticed around the league, has been a different organization compared to other ones in the league. There's some guys, some teams at this level that like to, you know, just think it's kind of like slap shot where they're just going to, you know, show up, have fun, whatever. But there's other, there are a majority of the guys in this league that want to show up, compete, try to win a championship, do well for themselves to move up. And obviously that's the goal of any player at any level. You just want to compete, want to move up, try to go as high as you can. So that's kind of like what our level is at. Uh, obviously it's not anything crazy like, uh, you know, the East Coast or the AHL where they travel by plane. Well, I don't know. I don't think the East Coast does unless it's further. But all of our travels by bus, you know, it's kind of tough. Play a game, get on the bus, go to the next location, come back home. Very far travel, but, you know, guys, guys love it. They always come back. We got guys that are, I think, are in their 30s that are coming back to this team this year. So wow. it's we've we've had we've been lucky to have a core group of guys in this organization organization for the last three years that enjoy it and are on the same page of trying to accomplish something, which I think has been the best part of this team. That's why I enjoy it too. So even as low as possible as we are, guys, guys love to compete. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just kind of the nature of the game of, of hockey in general. Guys just love to, to compete and, better themselves and move up and that's that's all you can kind of hope for right oh definitely we've we've had good success as a team which has led to a lot of guys being have opportunities to move up so you know that's always good to see you could always tell tell the guys that that really don't belong here at this level because we're limited with roster spots of how many guys can play per game so you know, just to see the success around us has been great where we've had enough talent where even the guys that move on, like we're still a great, we're a dominant team. So it's always, it's always fun to see how the season starts, where it goes, where it leads and how it ends, obviously. Unfortunately, last year was a little bit different, especially for everybody, but I'm looking forward to hopefully next season starting. Right. And what about fans? I mean, what kind of a turnout do you guys have? What's the atmosphere like? What's the arena like? Our So our arena holds, I want to say, 3,000 people. In the first year, we averaged 2,200 per game. And last year, we were averaging 2,800 with, I think we had 16 sellouts. So hockey in Winston-Salem has been – interesting to see the, the the passion that the fans follow the team with because hockey's been here on and off since the late 70s so this isn't the first team that's been here but you know it's great those the fans are they're intense the first the first the first year i remember we were in playoffs uh it was the first game of the first round we were winning four nothing i think but we ended up having to go to overtime and there was fans in the stands yelling at us getting off the ice for the ice cut for overtime they were all just like you could rest on the bus and I was just like geez like it's our team like give us a give us a minute here like like we still have a period to go but you know they they expect us to win and that's what they expect and you know we've been fortunate enough to give that to them for the last two years right tailgating before the games i've heard some crazy stories about tailgating before canes games i've i so like i'm in the arena so i don't really know what's going on outside (laughs) of it but like in the springtime like when we're able to like warm up outside and you know play sewer ball or whatever we see fans show up and they'll bring the grills they'll bring the beers there they enjoy the time they enjoy the company and it's it's a fun atmosphere for sure i think I know there's been a couple of new teams in the league that have a decent following, but I think Carolina's following in this league has been probably one of the most passionate and most loyal that we've seen. I can see that. Do you think that the, the growth in hockey over the last few years because of the hurricanes has impacted the growth on your level as well? 
the the success of the hurricanes lately has been great i i think that that's grown especially in north carolina and i'm originally from new jersey so like hockey isn't crazy up there either and just to see the sport trying to grow anywhere is what i would love to see but i mean i think i think with the success of the franchises especially with the checkers winning the they won the calder i think a couple of years ago they won they won when we won our trophy and Carolina made the playoffs. So it was just great for hockey fans in the state of North Carolina. So winning the um, Commissioner's Cup, that's what you guys won in the 2018-2019 season. Tell us about the Sallies. Is it like the Stanley Cup? Like, do you get a day with it? Like, do you get to take it to the fans that appreciate you guys so much um, and, and share that with them? Like, tell us about that. So we, so we won it game. So the final chance, the final series was best of five. We won it in game four up in Elmira. Um, Where's well, Elmira? We Elmira, New York. Got Elmira, it. New York. So we won it in Elmira, <laughs> New York. Um, that was, so the experience from that, we actually broke the trophy that night before oh. we left the arena. So we ended up going back to the hotel and thankfully the hotel had a bar. So we were up until 5 a.m. I'm pretty sure the police were called at one point, but that was fun. Uh, we kept the cup all summer. So wait, down in- Wait, are you the team that won't give the cup back? What league is that? <laughs> I, I think I think that was the Colorado Eagles. Yes, in the East Coast League before <laughs> they moved up to the AHL, they wouldn't give the trophy back. That okay? Yes. All right. So you're holding on to it for legitimate reasons. Well, so we had to end up replacing it. So we had a new one made and everything for opening night for the next year, and it was actually way better, thankfully. But we were going all downtown, like. People don't understand like Winston-Salem is like a legitimate little small city where we, they, they have, they have other pro teams. They had the, uh, I think it's the Chicago White Sox is single A team in town. So we would go to the baseball games and we, there, we, we didn't make it too long into the games. We had to leave, (laughs) but one of the biggest memories that I had with the cup was we ended up walking a little downtown. There's a huge fountain. I'm pretty sure this was the year that this might've been the year after Washington won. So we watched Ovechkin go through the fountain, have fun in baseball. And I was at the game and we, this might've been the fourth inning. And I was like, guys, the fountain is downtown. Like, like, let's go. So we ended up going there. There's a, there's pictures somewhere like, we were jumping all in, all in the fountain and security had to come out of the office building. And they were like, you guys can't be in here. Like, what are you doing? And we were just like, we just won the cup. Like we were just having fun. Like, come on, let us be. But that was one of the biggest fun, fun days that we had the cup when we won it. That's fun. What, like, how did it feel? Um, how did the fans react? Like, were they just as excited as you guys were and were, you know, did the, is it the same sort of excitement on like the national scale? I was going to say, I don't think I can imagine it on a national level. Yeah. But I mean, we won it on the road, which was kind of interesting because for the first like two minutes, I was ecstatic. I, I was like, I can't believe we did this, whatever. And then after that, I was just like, uh, I was looking around. I was like, okay, like what's next? Like, what do we do from here? Like, <laughs> great we won now what so I mean for me at least um I think that was my third year in the league and to win it decently early in a career was kind of fun and going on to this year uh, or this last year that we just had canceled we were still in first place and you know we had that taste where we were like we just won we love it let's keep doing it let's do it again and then we just got cut off short and it was a little disappointing, but I'm, I'm excited for this year. You played for a little bit of time in Louisiana, correct? Yes, I did. How was that? <laughs> so 
that's a whole different story. Like if you went back, like chronologically in my career, I left California when I was 20 to go play in the Southern Pro League. So if you look at my like hockey DB or elite prospects or whatever, you'll see that there's a two year gap of playing is because I went to Louisiana. I only played three games and it killed my college eligibility. So I was unable to do college hockey after that. So that's why it took me so long to get back into it. And everybody was just like, Oh, you played in the Southern pro you played in the Southern pro. And I was like, yeah, but it was two years ago. Nobody understood that, but that was the way I was able to get my second start again where people were like, oh, you played in this league, you could play here. A lot of people don't understand junior hockey, where it's between 16 and 20. Like, they, they just think you play a high school sport and then you go to college, and then if you could be pro, then you play pro then. But, like, hockey is just completely different. So, you know, you could play juniors in, in the U.S., where you play, you know, North American League or the USHL, and then you go to college from there. Or, you know, the major junior route's a little bit different, too, where you'll, you won't have NCAA eligibility if you went that way. So there's just so many different avenues where you could, you know, start your career, how you do it. It just depends on, like, what you want to try to do. In your mind, like, how did your plan work from, like, going from juniors and, like... Yeah, my plan was not that great. Uh... <laughs> You know, That's sitting around. Funny. Like, no, appreciate no. the honesty. No, no, really. I like you've got to be honest, realistically. Like, like anybody as like an 18, 19 year old kid, you're just like, oh, I want to play in the NHL. Like, forget school. Like, I hate school. Like, let me just go play pro hockey. And then you don't realize, like, you know what? Pro hockey doesn't last so long for everybody, you know? And, you know, especially down at the minor levels, you're not making enough money where you're just like, after I'm done with my career, I just sit back on my beach chair and enjoy the rest of my life. So I didn't understand that fully when I was younger. And looking back on it, I would definitely advise players differently. Like younger players, I would definitely steer them towards more being played on the safe end. You know, make sure you have your life planned after hockey while also playing and enjoying it as much as you can. But, you know, it's not going to last forever, obviously. So it was just different. And I, I grew up in a family that was from New York, so they weren't familiar with hockey. They didn't understand everything about hockey. So I was the one that was the guinea pig and had to figure out everything for myself. And that's where I'm at. And I, I love my journey, honestly. Like, great, you know anybody could want to say that they want to play in the NHL, but you know, this, the way that I went has taken me so many different places and met so many different people with so many different experiences that I don't think I would want to do it any different. So that's just my experience. How did you get into hockey? I mean, you said you grew up, well, you grew up in New Jersey, correct? Yeah. So (laughs) the story that I hear from my dad, is like as soon as I was able to run around I would have like a mini stick in my hand and a puck and shooting around the house so as soon as I think I was either three or four he threw me on the ice and he he says I never fell which I do not believe but that was the start of it as soon as he threw me on the ice he said I loved it and I've been playing hockey ever since and so did not your your did your parents play did your dad play how did you end up with a mini stick then I have no idea. He's just a big hockey fan. He grew up in Brooklyn and my mom was in the Bronx. So like they never had ice around them. Right. And they just took me and they threw me on the ice and (laughs) the rest is history, I guess. (laughs) Where do you go from here where you are now? You know, what is a lot of the paths that players take from this point? So... I feel like gonna, I didn't ask that in like the nicest way. Like it's an it's an amazing experience to be able to play on a professional level no matter what league you're in. And like you said, your dream is always, you know, was yeah. always to get to the NHL. But well, I can tell you exactly when my dream got killed. 
okay, let's go down that road. So it's when you, uh, you uh, said it ends here. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Um, so last year I was fortunate enough to uh, have a pro tryout with the Flyers East Coast team, the Reading Royals. And when I was there, I, I want to say I might have only been there for five, five days to a week. But at that level, you know, it all depends on NHL contract guys. So everybody gets sent down from the system. And I'm waking up every morning looking at my, you know, the AHL transactions to see who Lehigh Valley sent down. And so by my last day, you know, like I, I did well enough, but, you know, coming from the federal league and not being, you know, scouted by anybody, people are just, they don't pay attention to players like that as much. They want to invest their time on the guys that they spent their time investing on. So I'm sitting around the locker room and I'm looking around at 26. I was actually one of the older guys at that level and looking around and you're just like, this is, this is some tough competition to crack. So now you're, once you get sent home, I get called in the coach's office and they're just like, we have too many contract guys here. Like you're done. You go home and you're just like, well, reality sits in. There's probably not a good chance that you, you'll, you'll get the opportunity to go up as much as you think you'll get. So you kind of adjust from there and figure out like what you want to do how long you want to keep it going and stuff like that. Like, how do you adjust from that mindset now and still find the joy in playing fingers crossed this season when you have a season again, like where, how does the mindset work with that? I think it's more like you understand the limitations. You understand like, okay, you're, you're going to be at this certain level like that's as far as you're going to go. How long do you want to keep doing it? Do you want to make the best of it, obviously? Or like you want to try to figure out your life after hockey. So for me, at least, I I love it. Still want to be around it. You know, I was trying to figure out a way of how to transition maybe into the business side of hockey, to the office part of it, maybe into the office or something like that. Obviously, I don't want to do that anytime soon but it's something that you got to start making the transition into because the older you get, you know, the more you realize like, what are you doing with yourself? Where do you go from there? You know, it's just, it's just sitting down and looking in the mirror and realizing what you can and can't do. So you said that you were working a little bit in the office um, once quarantine hit, right? Was that That, around the same time that you... I started helping out a little bit more into the later end of the summer. Uh, it was like I said before, everybody was just trying to sit around and see like what they can and can't do. I kind of stepped into almost like a, it's a business development role trying to help, you know, before it was sponsors. I like to call them partners because sponsors to me is more like, we'll throw money at you. You slap our brand on no big deal. But like partners, we're going to help you as much as you help us. So something like that, where we take a different approach in the office, because our, our whole office had had a pretty big turnaround. We we have a new GM. He's actually he was he was he played goalie for us uh, two years ago. He was uh, our backup goalie. Uh, we have a new broadcaster. You know, he's been big with our new media relations with everything. He's rolling out a new podcast. He's rolling out new shows to put on YouTube for everything. So it's been kind of exciting to be part of some of the behind the scenes stuff and see the way, you know, organizations grow off the ice. And it's also great to be able to be a part of on the ice as well as off the ice. So I thought that was something that was interesting to be part of this summer. And I just hope that I could keep being part of and, you know, help with everything moving forward. All right. I think it's story time. I think we need some <laughs> stories. Um, we should have like some cheesy sound effect or something breezy, but uh, <laughs> give, give us some, 
Give us a good hockey story. Give us a, a locker room, a bus, a funny. A, we've already heard enough tragedy. So why don't we go with like tragedy. light, <laughs> lighthearted and funny, not tragedy, but you were like, let me tell you about the day my NHL career came to a screeching <laughs> halt. So let's like, <laughs> let's flip it around and uh, give us something fun and or funny memory or good times you've had along the way. Do you want only one? Because I think I have a, a bunch here. Lay it on us. Give us all of them. Go for it. All right. I'll give I'll give a couple. Um, so the first time that I came to Carolina was, I think it was January of the 2017-18 season. So January 2018. First practice, everything show up on the ice getting ready i'm like okay new team coach is going to be paying attention so like here we go i'm not even kidding you 10 minutes into practice he is destroying a stick its stick is flying everywhere and he throws us off the ice and i'm looking around and i'm like this is my first day here like what's going on like do we really get off the ice or like is this a joke no 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 get off the ice so he throws us off the ice we have to get on the bus and take a, I think it's like a 13 hour bus ride to Danville, Illinois. Hop on the bus, go to Danville. I'm pretty sure we had bus troubles. Like we had something wrong where we might've broken down maybe an hour out. And we actually ended up having one of our teammates call a U-Haul to take our equipment and like four of the guys to the rink and then the other guys had to wait at the gas station for the other team to send cars to pick us up. And then we drove to the rink, got on the ice right at warmups. We were ready to go. And we play the game. The game goes into a shootout. Now, most of the time, everybody's familiar with three-round shootouts, best of three. No, not a big deal. So we go into the mindset where we're best of three. We, I think we were, we won, we were, we were up to nothing. So we celebrate, get off the ice, head up to the locker room. Cause Danville, we have to go up the stairs to the locker room. Pizzas are and everything are out there. So we're ready. We won. So a couple of us are already undressed eating dominoes. The refs come back up to the room and they're like, it's best of five, not best of three. Oh, so a bunch of us threw on jerseys or whatever. Like they didn't want to put on their full equipment. They hopped back out on the ice. And I'm not even kidding you. It was one shot. We sent one guy down. He scored and we won the shootout legitimately that time. But that was the most bizarre thing that I've ever seen where we had to get off the ice. We were ready. We're done undressed, eating pizza, getting ready to go on the bus. And they tell us, no, it's not done. You have to come back out. Wow. That was my first week in Carolina. <laughs> Holy shit. What a week. You're like, what is this coach? This is freaking crazy. We're getting it. Now we're just on a bus. It's breaking down. I'm in a U-Haul. What is this? Well, I wasn't fortunate enough to be on the U-Haul. I actually get, I had to get picked up by the other team. Oh yeah. My God. New, new, new guy gets sent with the new team. I mean, it can only go up from there, right? Like you're like, okay, actually, this is the worst. No, you would think that there's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot more s stories to go around. Oh man. Um, all right. Give us another one. All right. I'll give you one from the same year. So they have jerseys for everybody. Right. But the nameplates take forever to come in. So they misspelled my name wrong. So instead of an A, they put an O. So they spelled it Congelosi. So they never put the nameplate on the jersey. So this was going weeks and weeks. So I'm going out there. Everybody's like, who is this guy? Like, they don't have a name or whatever. They finally get my nameplate in. Four weeks later, they put it on the back of the jersey. And I'm sitting down on the bench. And the first whistle in the arena, you hear over the loudspeaker, Make sure you guys buy your raffle tickets for Jersey off the back. Number 21, Joe Cangelosi tonight. And as soon as they put a name on my Jersey, they sold it to somebody and I didn't have another name on for another four weeks. Oh my <laughs> God. <No>. What? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. I was like, come on. 
You're like, what yeah. does a guy got to do to have a freaking jersey around here? You just giving them away. <laughs> Pretty much. And I was just like, I was excited. Like I was in the locker room. I was yeah. like, great. I got a name. Perfect. Nope. They got <laughs> it. They got rid of it right away. As soon as they came, as soon as it came in, gone. Did you like go back to the person who won it and say like, yo, I really just need this jersey for like the season and then I will give it to you at the end and like whatever else you want. But like, please let me keep my jersey. They wouldn't allow that. It wasn't even that. Like, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So the next year I was, I started in the East Coast, right? For training camp. So technically I wasn't on the team yet. So they gave away my number already. Oh. So when I came back to the team, I was like, I, I had to, I ended up buying my teammate a pair of uh, Lululemon pants for my number back. I was just like, <laughs> listen, I will buy you a pair of pants. Like I want, I want 21 back, please. They didn't have a nameplate in for a solid three weeks. But the woman, the woman that, that got my jersey from the first year with my name. She ran into me in the hallway and was like, do you want me to bring your jersey back? Like, I'll give them their name. And I was like, no, please, you keep that jersey. You paid for it. You want it. Like, <laughs> please keep it. They're definitely going to have to get a new nameplate in eventually. But I think that one was just as long as the first first go around. They, they took a solid four weeks to get that in. Oh my God. I can't believe the woman was like, I'll give it back to you. That's I felt like so bad for her. I was just, I was like, no, <laughs> please keep it. You paid for it. Oh my God. But wait, can we talk about the Lululemon pants for just a second? Because. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I think that perfectly explains the league right like you hear these stories in like the nhl where they have to buy people like a rolex some vintage fucking wine that i never heard of to yeah. like and do like crazy shit to get their numbers right and i just love i love the dichotomy of of your situation where you're like man i'll go get you lululemon pants which by the way are really wonderful pants. I am not discrediting them. Hashtag not an ad, but like, I think you just like perfectly explained your life in that, in that one story. Well, my whole reason for telling him that I would buy him those pants were, was because the first year, um, as odd as this sounds, a team ended up folding in the middle of the year. Oh, wow. So they had to have a dispersal draft. So one of the kids that we picked up from that team really wanted number 17. And so my coach calls me in. He's like, you know, this kid, he really wants 17. I was just like, whatever, he could have it. And he's like, he's going to pay you for it, but don't take it. And I was just like, all right, like, I, don't, I don't need the money. But he ended up paying me for it. He ended up giving me 100 bucks for the number. So I, it all goes in full circle. And I'm like, well, I'm going to have to buy this guy a pair of pants for my 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 number back so that's the way that ended up I love it I love that part of the sport like that numbers are so important like what's the what why is that like what is the connection to having a, a specific number is it part of the um what is the word I'm looking for? Like the good luck, the juju, the like superstitions that go with the sport or is it just like I think, I think it's a little bit of that. Um, but I mean, some growing up, like some organizations would only have numbers one through 30. And so like some guys would pick like higher numbers than that. And like now they have to readjust and so when I first came into this league, they were, I was just given 17. So when I, when I went down to Carolina, I was like, all right, I'll take 17, but somebody else wanted it. So now I have, I had 21 for two years. I was like, I still want 21. So I kept it for a third year at the cost of a pair of Lulu pants. <laughs> It was worth it. It was worth it. Was, it right? I, I think it was worth it. I mean, it, you think about it, that hundred dollars that came to me from year one went right back to those pants. And so. Now, just to be clear, you do have a Jersey with your name spelled correctly with 21 at this point. Right now. Yes. 
I we're gonna have to see on opening night. That's gonna be the question. And the messed up part is our new general manager played with me two years ago, so he knows the whole story. So he might mess around with me and take the name plate out just to oh, mess with me. Wait, so do you only have one jersey per season? Like home and away? Like do you only have one or we, is there no we, home and away? We, we had three. We had a home away and an alternate. Um, but they'll order, like, they'll do the jersey off the back. So, like, some players will have, like, it depends. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm, I might want to say everybody might have two or three just so that they raffle, you know, sell them to the fans at some point of the year. They try to keep the fans engaged every game, every day of the game. You know, so if it's not one thing, it could be another. Like this year we did, they made movie posters of some of us. So. What movie were you on? Or what poster? I was on 21. Uh, so they, they, they threw that one on. It was actually kind of cool. Uh, the the GM, he, he, he I'm, I'm a centerman. So he, he knows that I actually went a decent amount of my face off. So. I think uh, I don't know if I had a picture of it around here, but there was there was twenty one was for me. Our coach had golden eye. He had double oh nine. We had a guy on our team. His name's Everett Thompson. He was ET. They did an ET movie poster for him. Uh, Steve McIntyre got Southpaw, uh, and there was one other one. They put all the goalies in uh, the defenders instead of the Avengers. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. Like the, the movie yeah. poster idea. I kind of wanted them to do a little slap shot to do uh, have our coach as Paul Newman because he played two games for us last year. So wait, as the coach, he had to play. Was, so <laughs> is that what yeah, you did? did? Yeah. 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 Our coach did play a couple games last year. Uh, <laughs> So with injuries and everything, it's you guys. Did you guys ever see the brawl at the end of the year? No. Oh. What brawl? Oh, this made ESPN and I think TSN. Okay, well maybe we did. What? It, which one? There's you, so many brawls. If, Come on. If you if you YouTube Carolina Thunderbirds brawl, you'll see it. It's it's our coaches. This was the last game of the season in the FHL the coaches ended up getting tossed out of the game and the refs were not smart enough to send them out separately. So they're by the benches next to each other and they're yelling at each other. They end up, they ended up ripping off their jackets. They were ready to fight each other. And then that's it. Yeah. That's Drew Blevins. I could hear it in the background. I'm looking and it up. <laughs> yes. It was insane. Oh, they are going at it. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, that that was the melee game. That made everything. That was on like MSG, ESPN, TSN. It was it was crazy. So why what started it? I have no idea. I was in the penalty box. So I have no idea what started that. It doesn't matter. It's epic and it's wonderful that you were part of it and that the coaches are taking off their blazers. Like what? Only this is like out of a movie. That's I feel what, like I feel like you need to write a movie, Joe, about like every like the new slapshot version of things. The crazy part is I try to like write everything down. Yeah. It's just like I I'm behind by a year or two. So like I just <laughs> there's just so many things that are going on. Like I actually wrote down a couple of things. Um let me see. Uh oh you guys don't we ended up breaking down on our way to Danville and a different time. So yeah, this was a different time. <laughs> okay. And after the game, our mode of transportation back to Winston-Salem was a limo. Ooh. I swear to God, a limo picked us up outside. We had to cram in like 10 30? or 15 guys yeah. in a limo. And we took the limo into a place in Ohio to meet a bus at like five in the morning to get the bus to get back to Winston to play a game the next day. Who sent a limo? 
I have no idea, but there was a limo that, to pick us up and I'm like, where do I sit here? Like, there is no way. We had to ride a limo from Danville, Illinois to the middle of nowhere, Ohio to Did get a bus. Did it at least have beverages in it? I have no idea. I was in the middle. I don't even know where the beverages <laughs> like, were. Sitting in the middle on the floor? Oh Not my on the God. floor. I was just somewhere in the middle. Like, like is yeah. yeah, my back was killing me. Your opponent was probably like these guys getting picked up in a limo. <laughs> the big time, big time. Wow, these guys. Oh my God. That's what cool. else did you write down? Let's see. Oh, you guys never heard of the shootout before the game? No. <laughs> so Scott Brand. Scott Brand was the general manager of the year that we won. And he is a excellent promoter, general manager of any minor, anything. He's big into wrestling. And um, one day he came up with this idea that having a shootout before the game would be good. So the way that it would work was that you would start the game with a shootout and then you would play the game. And then if the game goes into overtime, it forces the team that lost in the shootout to do something crazy to make sure that they win in overtime because technically they've already lost in the shootout. Okay. So we tried this for a weekend, two, two or three games. And the first game, it was all right. We, we, I don't even know if we won the shootout, but we won the game. So it didn't matter about the shootout. But the second game, we lost the shootout. And we went to overtime and we lost overtime and everybody was starting to burn the town down. They were like, how did we lose? Why didn't we get to go to a shootout? Nobody understood that the shootout already happened before the game started. And that was the last of that. The league stopped that right after we lost. So the balance of power restored itself by having a shootout after the game. Oh my god! I feel like it's one of those scenarios where, like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Did I say that right? If it's not broke, don't fix. Yeah. 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 But he had this bright idea of doing that, and for some reason, the league officials agreed to it, and we tried it. And it did not work. It did not work to our benefit. No, it just doesn't sound like it would work regardless benefit or not like i never understood like why would you want to do the shootout before the game like i don't think it just doesn't make sense i don't i don't think most fans like to see a shootout at the end like that's just like last resort like we got to decide the game nobody wants to do that before anything so no i mean i feel like fans are like just went in overtime please don't go into a shootout like shootouts are exciting when like it's maybe not like best of three it's like best of like 10 because you're like oh my god now what's gonna happen but i don't i mean i am not a fan of shootouts they stress me out i mean i like me like i'm important i'm just a fan but i get stressed out watching the shootouts yeah my coach never uses me in a shootout so i don't really care for them too much (laughs) why doesn't he use you i have no idea I've, I've actually asked them one time. I was like, so who's going to be the next guy? Who's going to be the next guy? And then the next yeah. guy. I was like around seven. I was like, all right. Thanks for the confidence. Oh, my gosh. There's never a dull moment in this league, honestly. It's, it's insane. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> we had to ride back on the bus with the other team one time. What are you sitting on each other's laps like it's at summer camp or something? How is there even enough room for you all? So for some odd reason, the Carolina Thunderbirds love to play games on Thanksgiving Day. Thanksgiving Day, always. So the day before we were in Mentor, Ohio, the bus broke when we were in Ohio and we won the game on Wednesday. We beat the team and we're sitting at the rink. We're like, the bus is broken. Like, what are we going to do? How do we get back? They're like, dude, I think we might ride back with the other team. And we're like, get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? And they're like, no, like we're going to have to go now. Like if we're going to make the game for tomorrow. So we, we put our team in the back of the bus and their team was in the front of the bus. And we rode all the way back to Winston and got off and had to play a game Thursday. No. 
Yeah, we won though, so it was okay. If we lost, then we would have been like, all right, what's going on? Oh. So we had to ride the bus. We had to ride a bus back with the other team, and then play them. So every time you get on a bus now, are you like, this bus is gonna break down? So I wonder what else is gonna happen. Pretty much. <laughs> on, no, realistically, like you. So we like to travel Thursday nights so that you sleep on the bus and then wake up Friday where you're supposed to be, and then you know go practice, do a morning skate, then go to lunch, get ready for your game. I go to sleep every night on Thursdays, hoping that we wake up in the destination that we're supposed to be. Because there's been too many times where I've woken up in this league where we've just not been where we're supposed to be and it takes forever. And we're just like, what is going on? Because you guys know hockey players are creatures of habit. They love to do things same time every day for a game, for a practice and throwing us off like that, it just kills us. So hey, well, so you play, so you travel Thursday night, and then you play a game on Friday. So yeah, we'll we'll travel Thursday night, get to the arena Friday morning, do a morning skate, either go back to the hotel or go to lunch, then come back to the hotel, take a little break, and then go play the game. Then come back, go to sleep. And then the next day, do the morning skate, play the game, then get on the bus and then come home. You would think that you would want to get there like a day earlier so your players are having a good night's sleep rather you than sleeping on a bus. don't know what level this is. <laughs> <laughs> well, how would you just say or describe that hockey um, has impacted your life? Like, what would you say? Hockey's been literally everything, honestly. If it's not, you know, one direct way of, you know, sending me somewhere, it's always the little indirect ways of like the experiences that you deal with, you know, the people that you meet, you know, what you go through with your teammates and all that type of stuff. It's like looking back on it, the journey, the journey has been wild. Like if we sat down and we talked about literally every single little thing that's gone on, it's been wild, but everybody loves it. They enjoy it, you know, and it's fun because the one good thing about this league, at least like everybody thinks like, all right, slap shot, garbage league, it's a joke, but the league's actually gotten way better. And it's been a little bit more skilled because there's so many good players out there. So, you know, it doesn't matter if anybody, because literally any, there's a decent amount of players that could play the game. It's a matter of if you fit in a system to work, you know, winning, being part of that. So I've been fortunate enough to uh, stick around, even though it's the Federal Hockey League. I've been lucky enough to stick around and make an impact, even if it's not as big as other people. But I think that's that's been the best part. That's all you can hope for. And you had some lady buy the jersey off of your back. I mean, that's got to say something. Literally. Well, I mean, everybody does it. <laughs> like, we have, a good, we have a good following where jerseys are going to go every night. So. But that's got to be a cool feeling knowing someone's wearing your – or, like, wanted it or has it, you know? Yeah. No, it definitely is. It's, it's fun to see other people wearing your name around the, around the arena it's something different. I don't think a lot of people understand what that means, but people also don't realize like how much you mean to other people, like from a fan standpoint, like in a community that's as small as like the smaller communities that play hockey, the fans that go out there and they support it and they love it. Like the players take notice of it and they appreciate it because without their support, none of this would happen realistically. And you know, I just think that that's the way that uh, hockey's been forever. And you know, I'm glad to see that people keep doing, keep the tradition around where, you know, we appreciate the support that we get. Yeah. Well, we're happy to support you and hear all about your journey here and like bring more awareness to whatever that other town in New York was that I didn't even know where it was. Em Emer Emerald. What did you, what is it? Elmira. Elmira. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, uh, 
this is exciting that other people are going to know that there's hockey in in neighboring towns that maybe aren't in big cities. But Breezy, do you have any more questions or should we get to our, our final three questions for Joe? Let's do it. Let's uh, jump into it. You go. Go ahead. Okay, so we asked these uh, final three questions. Uh, well, it used to be two, now it's three after uh, every episode. So who is your favorite hockey hunk? Hockey hunk. Well, even though I'm from New Jersey, I'm a, I was a Rangers fan growing up, so I'm pretty sure Henry Lundqvist would have to be the hockey hunk. <laughs> And oh, yeah. he's pretty tough to beat, but he is tough to beat. How do you feel about him being in Washington? That is very upsetting. I mean, that's an end of an era. And like realistically, like I like players that are good, like, well, he's great. I, I just hated to see him miss, you know, the champ the Stanley Cup run that he had with the Rangers and you know, even twenty twelve and twenty fourteen. It's going to be a little tougher for him now that he's a little older and now he's starting on a new team, but you know, that's just hockey. It's the business side of it. You know, it is what it is and just hope for the best for him. Yeah. I agree. Go ahead, Brace. Um, and who is your favorite hockey lady? Hockey lady. This is going to sound messed up, but I only follow women's hockey usually was with the olympics so uh the last i remember was watching was it the lamaru twins in the shootout against canada i might i might have to go with them just because they might be the last girls that i remember watching Yeah, that's another side of the sport that we try to talk about and we've had on some female players and you know, try to grow that side of the game as well, just as much as, you know, your league and, and all of that. That's well, it's interesting that you mentioned something about that because at one point our coach usually gets suspended every year and (laughs) now his, he, he finds a way to do it. And I forgot what he, well, he got suspended for that, that brawl at the end last year. There was a big suspension for that one, but uh, his fiance also our team trainer ended up being the first female head coach in North America to win a game because she had to fill in for him. Ooh, that's, that's cool. So yeah, that's something. That's, that's a first star, right? <laughs> oh my so, God. Yeah. It's a, Did you it's win that game? No. Yeah, we won. Hell so, yeah. Hell so, yeah. I think, She's been on the bench for at least four games. And I'm pretty sure she's four and zero. So sounds like she should maybe take over the team. Nothing against your coach, <laughs> who's probably listening to this, but I mean, she's got something going for her. So I'll let him know. I'll tell him. No, don't. I don't. No, don't. I mean, I. I, I mean, like, here's here's the direct message. You send your whatever you think. Let let them know what you feel. No, no, no. Look, look, I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble here. I don't need you to get suspended. I want to make sure you have a nameplate on your goddamn jersey this season. I don't want any part in fucking that up for you. So. Well, I'll let you know if you do. Oh, my God. I don't want to. I'll, I, please, I, I retract what I said. All right. Let's go to the last question before I ruin your career any, for, any further with, with what I say about your coach. Breezy. Uh, you can take this one. Go. Oh, oh my God. You okay, go so go we have had a common thread with so many of our guests and not on purpose, but they all, a lot of them have a Sidney Crosby story. Not that uh, we particularly look for guests that are Penguins fans. Um, it's been across, you know, all of a lot of our guests. So this is our new question. Of, do you have a Sidney Crosby story? The closest I can come to a Sidney Crosby story is the fact that his teammate, Steve McIntyre, has been a part of our organization for three years. So, I mean, I don't have any direct stories with Crosby, but I mean, I have McIntyre stories. There you go. So, so yes, no Crosby stories. 
he has become our uh what did we say it was six degrees of kevin bacon's what is the phrase three, i think what? it's three degrees isn't it three degrees? i don't know <laughs> or terrible at sayings we can't figure it out he's our kevin bacon Sidney okay. Crosby is our Kevin Bacon. I think that's probably a better way to explain yeah. it. Everybody we should, has... we should really look that up before the next episode. <laughs> we have to say that again. Tell everybody where they can watch this, hopefully, upcoming season, um, attend games, um, and like where to follow the team on, on social media and where to follow you on social. I don't think anybody's going to want to follow me on social but um, obviously the team is Carolina Thunderbirds. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can watch the games on YouTube for free. If you're in North Carolina, uh, if you're in the area of Winston-Salem, I think some of the games might be broadcasted on ABC 47 this year. Uh, my Insta- Do you want my Instagram? If you want to, if you want to. No, 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 it's fine. Yeah. You know, the Instagram is Joe underscore Angelosi. It is private, so I'm going to have to accept you guys. Um, but other than that, um, Big time. there's going to be a lot more interesting things this year off ice. We're going to do a lot more. Uh, we're, I think the team's rolling out a podcast. They're rolling out some player, like, you know, skits and shows too. So that should be interesting. Uh, I know they're getting – they're starting on that now. Even if we don't have a season, they're going to start blasting content all year. But – that's where you can find us. Love the fans. We want them there. But if not, we'll find a way to get the games to you guys if we do play. So, Awesome. Well, we wish you the best of luck this season. The defending and reigning <laughs> Commissioner's Cup champions, the Carolina Thunderbirds. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Joe. No, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.